We interrupt this program. We interrupt this program to bring you Vikings Vent Line, the one show where you get to react to how the purple played right away. Right away. Call in now with your thoughts on the game. 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Vent Line. Trubisky backing up under pressure. Avoids the sack. He can run. And he proves it right here by picking up the first down. Ninth play of this drive, and the ball is out. Cook lost it. Bears think they have it. Waiting for the signal. They do. You can see the officials say Chicago ball. Under pressure again. Can he get away? No, he can't. Of course it's Mack. And vent you will. Vikings lose 25-20 to the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field tonight as the Vikings' problems in uh, Soldier Field continue. And uh, Manny Hill, who joins me for this show, give me your thoughts quickly because phone lines are filling up. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 about a game that the Bears did their damnedest to try and put the Vikings back in it on several occasions in the second half. And yet the Vikings could not prosper from that and fall to, hold on for it for a second, 5-4-1 Five, four, and one. Now mm-hmm. the Bears are in first place at seven and three. And I'll tell you what: if the Vikings are going to win this division, they are in for an uphill battle because the Bears already have one up on you. They're ahead of you by I guess, essentially two games. They're essentially two games ahead of you now. Even though in the standings, I guess it's more like what one a game and a half because of the tie or whatever. Yeah, but. <laughs> You with with you've got Green Bay coming in here next week, and then you've got a trip to Foxborough and a trip to Seattle. This is this was this was a tough one to swallow if you're a Vikings fan, and if you're the Vikings trying to get yourself in position to win this division because it's it's going to be tough. This was one that they needed to get tonight, and I, Judd, this quarterback. Listen, we've been. We've been up and down on Kirk Cousins all year. We've we've talked about the the great throws that he's made, but we've also talked about some of the bad decisions that he's made. And he made two really bad interceptions today that really really hurt this team and made it so much harder for them to even stay in it. Six five one six four six eight two five five locally outside the metro eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred full phone line. So let's get to him right now. Eric and Bismarck, you're first up on a uh, what should be a very exciting edition of Viking Vent Line. Hey guys, thank you so much. Uh, I think the most frustrating thing about tonight's loss is listening to the announcers. First of all, talk about the Bears. The Vikings have just as much talent, if not more, and just to watch them self-destruct these last few months is is just kind of painful to see. And the offensive line, I mean, I know we go over this over and over, but it manifests itself in more than just pass protection. Like, we couldn't run for more than one yard at a shot. I mean, I just it boggles me that we can go into an offseason and say, offensive line is a weakness. We come, come into the regular season and say, offensive line is still a weakness. When is this going to change? Thank you, Eric. Uh, It's going to change when the Vikings start to consistently address, Manny, the offensive line Mm -hmm. early in the draft, which they just don't do consistently. What makes no sense about this is the Vikings are stuck here. Because if you want to argue... Okay, Cousins is, is sort of at fault for tonight, but he didn't get proper protection. Well, we said, 
Why don't you get you, you knew when you signed him to the three year, $84 million contract, who you were getting, exactly what type of quarterback you were getting. He has to be protected sufficiently. So, so if you want to be upset about at Cousins, that's fine. But the flip side is you're going to end up being upset at the Vikings no matter what, because they did not do, you don't make this type of investment in this type of quarterback and then not protect him adequately, which the Vikings have not done. I mean, Riley Reef against Khalil Mack was lost. I don't get the game plan tonight. I don't mm-hmm. get a lot of things. But the offensive line for this quarterback, the entire package of what you thought you were doing is unacceptable. You had to get Kirk Cousins more protection, and you didn't do it. There's that old saying of uh, know your personnel, right? Yeah. You go into an offseason, and I mean, we've been over this a million times, Judd. You go into an offseason, and your right guard... Your 35-year-old right guard, Joe Berger, retires. He was very good for you last year, but he retires. So you've got a gaping hole in on your offensive line and your interior lineman. You don't address that. You have multiple opportunities in the draft to address it. You don't have to go out in free agency and spend a bunch of money. You've already done that with the quarterback and mm-hmm. with Reef and Remmers and all these guys. You, you've, for the most part, done a pretty good job in free, free agency. But you've got draft picks. You've got to invest in your offensive line, especially if you've got a quarterback like Kirk Cousins who is not a mobile guy. I mean, we, we saw it tonight more when he was under pressure. He can't get away from when when Akeem Hicks and, and Khalil Mack are in his face. He can't get away from that stuff. He just doesn't – physically, he just doesn't have the ability to do that. And that just shows that Rick Spielman, again, did not do a good job of addressing – what really needed to be addressed with this team. And now, I mean, now we have the situation that we have right now, and you've got this quarterback turning the ball over still. Mike in Burnsville, go ahead and vent about the Vikings' 25-20 loss in Chicago. Well, I'm not going to vent because anybody that thought they were going to win that game from the beginning is just, they've obviously, we don't even beat the Bears when we're, they're horrible and we're good <laughs> anytime there. And the other thing uh, they, we just need to start watching the records of the wild card teams because they're not going to catch the Bears now. The Bears should probably beat Detroit on Thanksgiving, and the Vikings really need to concentrate on the on the Packers. And if Chicago thinks Trubisky is going to be their quarterback of the future, that's fine with me because one of these, you know, as the years go on, he's not going to be able to run like he does now, and man, he cannot throw. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, Mike. I'll tell you what, though. Number 52 on the other side of the ball, he ain't going anywhere for a while. Well, and don't. And no matter how bad Trubisky is, and Trubisky is, I, I got my reservations about him, 52 still on the other side of the ball, and they're going to have to face him twice a year. And, and that's not going to be fun. And Vikings fans should, should all address hate mail tonight to Oakland. Because Chicago should be a nice team. <laughs> this should be an ascending nice team. Mm-hmm. This defense went from being very solid and and good or very good, Manny, to being outstanding. Because Oakland, right before, in, in a trade that essentially does not happen in this league, gifted them a Pro Bowl player who, who a guy like Cousins doesn't know what to do with. And I felt bad. There, there was an assumption made by this coaching staff in their game planning for this game, mm-hmm. that Riley Reef could actually handle Khalil Mack one on one, and I don't know how that assumption was made. The Vikings knew. The Vikings told us all week about how difficult Chicago was going to be in certain areas, 
And then they went about seemingly, at least for, for the first half of this game, not having accounted for those things. I don't, I don't understand this game plan because there were everything they talked about. Trubisky is Tarkington, elusive. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack is this and that. And then it was sort of like you thought to yourself, but they're not going to hurt us. They were destined to kill you. And they did. So it, it makes no sense. Yep. Uh, let's go next to Colton in Kansas City. Hello, Colton. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey, so I was just I had a couple of things that I was kind of thinking about, and I kind of wanted to get your guys' input on them. Um, what, what do you guys think about um, Dalvin Cook and his uh, role in, in the game tonight? And then also, do you think it was part because the offensive line was just playing bad? Or do you think, because even, even in this game, too, um, it, it seemed like the whole offensive line was just having problems. Um, in, you know, other games, like, you know, the Saints game, you know, Pat Elf line, you know, he looked like he was good. And in majority of those games, or, you know, parts of, you know, the offensive line were having, you know, good games. But, you know, the, the whole offensive line as a whole wasn't really having a great game. So I was wondering your input on, you know, if that affected, you know, Cook getting plays during the game, or if you thought that, you know, that was some of the reasons why Cousins was having an off game tonight as well. Thanks for the call. Well, Dalvin Cook had nine carries for 12 yards tonight. 1.3 a pop. And he fumbled. And he fumbled. Caused by Khalil Mack, by the way. Yes, it did. Yes. And uh, as a team, the Vikings uh, ran the ball 14 times. For 22 yards. Kirk Cousins had a five-yard scramble that we saw late. And, I mean, I mean it, it they, they can talk about wanting to run the ball all they want. And we've heard about that for weeks now. Zimmer said, we got to run the football. we got to run the football. And, look, look I agree. They do got to run the football. But this 1.6 yards of carry tonight, this that's... You're not you're not going anywhere with that. Yeah, and you're then not you, going anywhere with that. And then you quit doing it. Yeah, and then and now you now, now you're, you're putting it all in the quarterback. Yeah, you're putting it all in the quarterback yes. now. Who we've been talking oh, about the, the mistakes way, and all of that. By the way, let's point this out too. Kirk Cousins finishes thirty of forty six, two hundred sixty two yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Don't buy. Besides the picks, don't buy a bit of that statistical line. Mm-mm. This is once again a padded stats line, and and. I believe he did not get to 100 yards passing until the end of the third quarter. Those two picks so. he threw tonight, Judd, were awful. They were awful. The, the pick six. And they took points. Off, they, they, they basically cost them points. Yeah. The, because you took points off the board at the end of the first half, the one he threw at the end of the first half, and then he threw a pick six. The pick six was so, the exact I mean, type of play that we've talked about a thousand times that he cannot make. Mm-hmm. Hello, Chad in Colorado. Yeah, hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I want to just quickly say thank you. Uh, I listen to you guys in the Purple Podcast. The only way I can get my Vikings fixed in Colorado. Uh, so I wanted to thank you guys for that. Awesome, you got it. Yeah, you bet. Uh, you know, while laughing at the ridiculousness of Vikings NATO 2016 Part 2 tonight, all I can think of was three sarcastic memes that seem to sum up this game. So here goes. All right. Hicks drives a Mac across the Minnesota State Elf Line. This offensive line was just offensive. The Vikings marry three years of kissing cousins, both with the first name of stupid. Diggs, sometimes stop the dancing and just make the play. After pick six caused by this player, the Vikings absolutely must dance to this tune. Na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, 
Hey, 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 goodbye, Treadwell. You totally ran a terrible route that caused that pick six. You're done, buddy. You're done in my mind. Thanks, gentlemen. Call the night so far. Yeah. Call of the night. But let's see if it can be topped by a good friend of ours who always, always has great opinions. Hello, Randy in Oakland. Hey, what's going on, guys? Let's just first start off by saying that Kirk Cousins was trash tonight. He was the second coming of Christian Ponder. (laughs) I don't know where the hell he was throwing at for most of the game. But you're right, Judd. Most of those stats that he put together tonight were garbage stats. They don't matter, in my humble opinion. Also, the offensive line. I don't want to hear a damn thing from Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, anybody throughout that entire organization about the offensive line because Joe Berger retired. This wasn't news, Rick Spielman. We knew he was gone. And what did you decide to do? You signed Kirk Cousins to $84 million, freaking guaranteed. And you know what? You know he's not a mobile quarterback. He's a statue of a quarterback. He needs a clean pocket. And you don't address the fact that Joe Berger retired by at least getting an adequate starting guard. You you basically draft a position in the second round. Brian O'Neill, he's been nice. Okay, fine. But right tackle wasn't of need for this team. You needed a guard, and you didn't do that. Khalil Mack basically did whatever the hell he wanted today. And then the defense. Mike Zimmer, oh, we put this dude on some pedestal like his stuff don't stink. This dude is supposed to be a disciplinarian. And then what happened? The defense, they made plays a lot in this game. I'll give you that. But they were also erratic for a lot of this game, especially as of late. They gave up a first down on third and eight, that final drive Chicago had before it led to the field goal. And then a stupid rough in the passer call on Harrison Smith when Mitch Trubisky was already going down. You're supposed to be a disciplinarian, but this team has zero control. You have zero control over this team. And then John Filippo, can we stop with this dude being a head coaching candidate, calling these dumbass plays? You sit there, you call a handoff on third and inches instead of calling a quarterback sneak when everybody knew that you were running the ball against one of the best run-stopping defenses in the league. And then you call a screen pass down two scores, just over two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter with one timeout left. Who Who is this dude? Who, are, who do they think they are? They are frauds. They have yet to be the team over 500. They're supposed to be Super Bowl contenders. They are absolute frauds. I don't want to hear a damn thing from this team. Oh, well, you, we just got to work on this. They're frauds. Nothing more needs to be said before we go to Ben in Florida. Hello, Ben. Well, excuse me. Come on, Ben. Hey, guys. Uh, ben, ben, you got to follow ben, that you one up, come man. Up you got to bring it, man. I hope you're angry, Bro, ben. you got to bring it, Ben. <laughs> well, I'm not going to bring it. I'll bring it. I'll bring it just like this. I am convinced 100% that the Vikings will not win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Changed my mind on that. This was a game he had to win. He didn't do it. He didn't get the job done. Um, I'm not going to rip the defense like the last caller did because, they, like I said before, they gave Kirk Cousins plenty of opportunity to win this game, and he didn't do it. And just one other final thing. I'm looking across Twitter, and I'm seeing people saying, yeah, they should have kept Case Keenum. What's Case Keenum's record in Denver right now? I'll hang up and listen. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ben. Well, Case Keenum got a pretty big win today in yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, he did, but, he but, did, no, but I'm not. He's, no. I'm fine they, with the Cousins they, move. They made the right decision. You've they just, made the right decision. You've, if you're going to sign Kirk Cousins... Manny, you just have to make sure he's yeah. got the proper protection. And know by, your personnel. Well, and also, by the way, when you're going to face Khalil Mack, have a coherent game plan for him. Your game plan in the first half made no sense. 
Zero cents. Let's go to Zach. Hey, Zach, how are you? Hey. Zach, you're going on. on, guys? Not too much. Hey. What's we'll your reaction about, to... Uh, fourth quarter, Kirk Cousins all year long. It's getting kind of ridiculous. Like you touched on earlier, Judd, he's patting the stats in the fourth quarter. His defense play awesome tonight. I, I know a lot of people get a bag on him, but uh, interception... Uh, punt, field goal, field goal. I uh, said second half. We got to score. A great team scores points, not field goals or three and out. Uh, it's getting ridiculous. The only thing I'm going to beg on tonight was Zimmer, 39 at the end of the game there, and he's playing zone with your man, Xavier Rhodes. And, of course, Mitchell Trubisky makes an easy throw. And so I think I'm going to beg on. But the defense gave the D. De- Offense, opportunity after opportunity, and Kirk just doesn't get it done until fourth quarter when they're playing prevent. Thanks, Zach. I should note that uh, that Vikings, was very calm. Vikings Vet Line is brought to you by Lucky's Thirteen Pubs, five Twin Cities locations, and you can find them online at Lucky's Thirteen Pub dot com. And you know what? If you go there, you're happy. But mm-hmm. if you come here right now, you're not. You're hey, venting. Hey, Sean in Toronto. <laughs> Say, what's going on? Not too much. So I'm just gonna list a couple of receivers. I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm gonna ask you if Laquan Treadwell is better than any of them. Okay. Chad BB. No. Nope. Aldrick Robinson. No. Nope. Brandon Zilstra. No. Nope. I'm not even mentioning Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook's probably a better receiver. And because you saw the interception that Kirk Cousins did, I was watching game day. What was it game day live with Deion Sanders? And they're showing the replays, and I saw the route that he ran. The amount of effort that this man has in his routes for a first-round pick is absolutely up. You're at a loss for words, Sean, and I understand uh, it. Yeah, it's 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 bad, but like a first-round pick on his third year, and he's basically like, if he doesn't play this good, he's done. And the fact that he has no effort, and with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he's 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 not good in prime time, but the offensive line is just horrible. Like I don't think there's an offensive line except the Raiders and maybe the Cardinals. That's probably better. They're like maybe 29th, 30th overall. Um, I'm gonna hang up now. All right, thanks, Sean in Toronto. He's just done. I mean, uh, the, tonight is not. I don't think tonight's the night to bag on Laquan Treadwell. Just because your issues, yeah, yeah, we all know it's not working. All right, I agree. Yeah, but your issues go well beyond that. I have questions about coaching tonight. I have questions about quarterback play. I have questions. Mm-hmm. I I have questions about how you thought this offensive line could be taken into a season when, when you considered yourself a serious Super Bowl contender. And and keep in mind too. Other than your left guard, I believe every starter tonight was the was the projected starter, with the exception being O'Neal starts for Hill now. But the right tackle and Remmers, here's what I don't understand. You signed him to play right tackle. He's actually pretty good there. He, he was very decent there. Mm-hmm. And now he's playing guard for their, his first full season, and he's clearly not as good there. So... The Treadwell factor, I completely get, and and we can probably discuss that until the day he's either traded and or cut or just walks away. But there's a lot of things off tonight's game that go well beyond Laquan for me. Gee, I wonder why Mike Remmers is 
playing right guard right now? Could it be because you had an opportunity to draft a guard in one of your first two draft picks and you decided not to do that? Mm-hmm. And so now you have a guy who's playing out of position who's a pretty good right tackle for you, and now he's playing out of out of position. And he's he's okay at guard, but he's a tackle, and he should be playing right tackle for you. And O'Neal should, should be you should have somebody that you drafted playing right guard for you right now. And Brian O'Neill should not have to start. Should not no. have had to start. He should not have had to start. They considered him. They admitted he was a project. Okay, then treat him like a project but instead your your hand got forced and we are where we are now which is the vikings sitting at five four and one very quickly yeah before we get to the next caller i want to go back to the pick six because i'm i'm replaying it over and over and over again as we're talking here there were three chicago bears in the area where cousins threw the ball i mean treadwell treadwell ran sort of a lazy half-hearted route there but cousins can't make that throw he just can't there was no pressure. There were three bears in the in the area where he threw it. I mean, you just can't make that throw. I'm sorry. You just can't. And that's the throw that he makes once or twice per game. Yeah. And, and that's the exact type of throw that in a game like this, the Chicago Bears were desperate for you to rally in the second half and beat them. Desperate. Mitch Trubisky made some stupid plays. They They offensively, I thought, had some questionable play calling. This is the type of game that a year from now, I, I think the Bears are going to be improved enough that they will not try and gift it back to you. But, Manny, tonight they did. Mm-hmm. They did. And this is the type of game where, again, the Green Bay Packers are are coming apart at the seams. Yep. The Lions won today. I don't care. They're, they are back to being the Lions. And so the only question becomes, can you win a game with this high-priced quarterback that you signed against a team like Chicago, which is an ascending team but probably not there yet? And the answer was you should have been able to, and they couldn't. Sean in St. Paul, what's up? So, um... The entire first half tonight, our play calling was so predictive. We kept trying to get the run going and kept trying to get the run going, but we needed to get the passing game in rhythm. Like, it, you could see everything we were doing once we kind of switching it up and started, you know, stuck to the pass in the second half. But play, Kirk Cousins did not play well, but you can't place all the blame on him because of the offensive line was so bad. But he's yet to win a big game for us. He's 0-3-1 and in the big games he's had this year. But it's between our play calling and I, I don't know. All right, Sean, thanks. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, we all thought when, when the Vikings went into Philadelphia and they won that game that that was sort of a decisive signature type of win, right? And we now have, and we now have confirmed Philadelphia's just not good. Nope. So, 48 to 7 they lost today, by the way, the Eagles. Yeah, exactly. Yep. To the Saints who are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Who who you also lost to at home. Yep. But then my question becomes this. What is what is the game? Now Cousins has made some very good throws. I completely get that. But what is the game that we have now? that you say Kirk Cousins can hang his 2018 hat on that game. I don't know that that one exists right now. Mm-mm. I don't know that one does. I thought for a while there, I thought the Eagles game was it, but it's not really. So Green Bay, you came back and got a tie because Daniel Carlson missed three field goals. And today I believe he made three, including the winning kick for Oakland. Mm-hmm. Hi, Chansey. Hey, guys. Thank you very much. 
Hey, I saw that Mike Zimmer was wearing some, uh, well, looked like some heavy-duty industrial safety glass on the sideline, and I'm glad he was because my eyes were burning as I watched this game on my TV screen at home. It was pretty painful to see. I will say that I am sick and tired of the narrative of we need to establish the run. Establish what? Second and nine? Third and seven? Is that something you want to establish? That is antiquated 1990s NFL thinking, all right? So in today's NFL, the uh, great offensive minds, the Doug Petersons, the Sean McVays, those types of coaches, they uh, establish the pass and then mix in the run afterwards. They don't run the ball on first down, second down, thinking a Mike Zimmer old-school philosophy where we will win with our defense and our run game on the road in the cold. Yeah, that's how we're going to win, playing right into the other team's hands that doesn't want a high-scoring uh, high shootout. It is ridiculous. I am so sick and tired of that. I will say that on other uh, this on sports radio this week, yep. everybody was saying, hey, who have the Bears beat? They haven't beat anybody. Well, let me tell you, when on Lions Sports Talk Radio this week going to that Thanksgiving Day game against the Bears, they go, who have the Lions, who have the Bears beat? They can say the same damn thing. They haven't beat anybody because the Vikings are a nobody. They are an 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, and seven, just has been, after-run team, maybe wild card. They're a nobody. This is not a signature win for the Bears. This is a nothing win. They still have beat nobody. This team will be lucky to squeak into the playoffs to their fodder for somebody in the first round. Last year was the anomaly. The problem that we have as Vikings fans is that we're still looking at them like they're an elite 13-3 and team when they are obviously not. This year has proved it. It's not. It's okay to lose to the Saints. It's okay to lose the Rams. But to lose this game in prime time proves you aren't legit. That's it. I'm out. Thank you, Chancy. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred outside the metro. If you would like to uh, call in and vent as Chancy has done, and uh, plenty of people have basically. I get the disappointment here. I completely do. Uh, but I I keep going back to the fact that that first half to me was inexcusable. Mm-hmm. And that's game planning, too. Yeah. So if you want to be, be mad at Kirk, knock yourself out. I get it. If you want to be mad at the offensive line, do the same thing. But, Manny, to me, this also comes back to the fact that you had two weeks to, to prepare for yeah. this game. You had two weeks to sit down and say Trubisky's elusive and Khalil Mack is a pain in the ass. And you thought that Riley Reef could block Khalil Mack? Hey, John Duluth, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Uh, we are hanging in there. Go ahead, you're on. All right. So when I see Kurt, I see a guy who's a little bit of a bonehead. I mean, I'm not talking about intelligence here, but, you know, because as far as I can tell, he's a bright guy outside of football. I mean, when it comes to football, though, he's really a low IQ quarterback. Um, he does things in games where you go, "Wow, what was he thinking? Like, what was going through his mind?" For instance, today on third and one, I think um, he had an easy <clears throat> he had an easy one for a first down. You know, literally all he had to do, um, all the de- defenders had their back turned to him. All he had to do was run for two yards and slide. But he throws into triple coverage for an incomplete pass. Um, another thing, he went. Uh, I think it was the third quarter where the game really changed where he threw that um, pick six into triple coverage, um, which basically sealed the game. Uh, forget the mental errors. Uh, I don't even think he's a mechanically sound quarterback. 
Um, so people want to know why his passes keep getting batted down, um, like at a historical rate. Um, he does his little patty motion, you know, right before every throw. So this basically gives the um, the opposing D line a cue that he's about to release the ball. So they always know it's coming. Thanks, John. Manny. Yeah, I mean, I we. Collar's been saying this every week, right? We're getting the full Kirk Cousins experience. Like this is this is who he has been as a quarterback, where he will put up some numbers and he'll make some great throws and you're like, Wow, that was fantastic. And then he'll turn around maybe on the next very next possession and you're like, What the hell is he doing? And that is what we that what that's what we saw tonight with the two interceptions. That's what we've seen all season, really in terms of just on a game-by-game basis with the fumbling and the interceptions that just leave you scratching your head. And then he'll turn around and make some make some nice throws, and you're like, well, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Well, yeah, Kirk. this is why Kirk Cousins is not considered to be one of the top six or seven quarterbacks in the league. That's why he's in the team. That's why he's yep, just like the, the, 12, the, yep. the 12th or 13th best quarterback in the league because yep. he's very capable of going out and throwing you into a game and he's also very capable of going out and throwing you out of a game like he did tonight. So explain to me this, though. How do, how do you sign him to this huge contract knowing that and not get him the proper protection? That's what I don't, I don't understand. They put it's him, mind-boggling. In, in I, some, I fault him for the boneheaded, stupid plays, but in some ways the management here set him up to fail in that vein, and I don't. that's what I don't get. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. Offensive line. You had to address that. Yeah. And you I mean, knew it. You got six games left this season, so they got to worry about this, these last six games and try and get to the playoffs or whatever. Yep. But offseason, priority number one needs to be offensive line. Adam, what's up? What's going on? So it, this is a tough one because you want to be so mad at Kirk. Mm-hmm. But let's look at This comes down to four plays, two against the Saints, two tonight. And both of our big turnovers against the Saints – uh, and against the uh, tonight, we were driving the red zone. We fumble right when we're going into score, and then two pick sixes. When we turned over against them, they were midfield. So we had four major turnovers that completely turned the balance of those two games. Thielen doesn't fumble. Cook doesn't fumble. Those two games are very different. Then we're having a completely different conversation. Bills game two. Bills game two. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And then Carlson doesn't make, make, miss the kick. Very different story. I mean, Cousin, we knew what we were getting with him, right? He's going to be 70-30. 70 great, 30, what the heck, right? Mm-hmm. But you take away those four plays and then the, the Bills game, which was an anomaly, it's a completely different story. And this is the first year of a three-year experiment, right? I mean, we all want to win today. Experiment right? might be a little bit. I mean, with, at that at that type of pay grade, I, I would prefer not Good to point. have to call it an yep. experiment. It's right. it was an investment in what you consider to be camp. an upgrade right. over Keenum. Right. We're putting our money down, seeing what we're going to get back. Right. We have three years to get our money back. Yep. Right. Not saying we all have three years left, considering our franchise, but still, look at the Eagles. I heard like three people say the genius of Doug Peterson. What? But they got a Super Bowl. That's the, they got You're a right. Super Bowl. You, you, you give me a Super Bowl, yeah. I got a lot of forgiveness for a lot of people. But not anymore. But I mean, yeah, right? But it, it's what have you done for me lately? So I just, I just, I, I'm very disappointed. I think uh, I'm extremely accept, or, uh, upset with what's going on right now. But still, 
Ari's season, and maybe this is a Vikings thing, it has always come down to like three, four, five, six plays per year. Yeah, but they're, they're soul-crushing, heartbreaking plays. They rip your heart out if you're a Vikings fan. Hello, Ben in Minneapolis. Hello? Yep, you're on. So, here's my issue. We picked Mike Hughes, and I don't mind Mike Hughes, but Willie Hernandez was available, and we needed a guard. That was, like, the biggest issue. And you talked about that when you were talking about Mike Remmers. And sometimes, you got, do you ever wonder if Zimmer should be our coach? Because he is a great defensive mind. But I think he's put way too much attention toward the defense, and then it's lacked attention on offense, and then it just kills us in the end. Thanks, that, Ben. Thank yeah. you. I question Rick Spielman yeah. a lot more about n- not drafting a a guard. The lack of attention in the first round and early rounds of the draft consistently in, in the Spielman regime is, in my mind, n- not on Mike. It's way more on Rick. And you know what? Even after you pass on Willie Hernandez and took Mike Hughes, you had you had a chance in the second round. There were still guards available. You had a chance in the second round to move up and take take a guard in the second round, and instead you took a project tackle. Yeah, no question. So I mean that that is where you have to look at the general manager. I'm sorry. He's the one that he's Zimmer, he's picking these guys. Zimmer's al- he's drafting them. Zimmer is always going to to, to the caller's point. He's always going to skew defense, mm-hmm. but he but he is not he is not the final say. Rick could say, you know what? We just signed a really expensive QB who, by the way, is a bleeping statue. So we're going to address guard because we we can. Don't forget that run on guards had not really started even after Hughes got drafted. So if you had given up, and I know it would have cost a lot, but if you had given up the requisite amount of picks to get back up high into that second round, Hernandez was yours. And I love the fact that uh, subsequently they tried to float. Well, he wasn't really a, a fit for our offense. Give me a break. What did they? I, I just want to know what were they think when Joe Berger retired? What went through their mind? I think they see. I think they see. Did they just think that guards, it was just here's here we could just put anybody there. Yes, I think that they see guards like I see running backs and receivers because I think you can find those guys, but I think finding really competent, good old linemen takes some higher draft picks, and I think in their minds. They can just find him. Hey, Tim in Washington, you're next. Hey, guys, how's it going? You know, I think the greatest coach slash manager of all time is Lou Brown of the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> okay. Major League. And you remember that scene when Dorn comes up with his contract and is complaining about calisthenics? And Lou proceeds to unzip his pants and urinate on the contract. Yes. That's about how I'm feeling about Kirk Cousins right now. The Vikings spent the entire offseason fixing problems that didn't need to be fixed, and that includes Kirk Cousins. I've seen enough of a sample size of him now to know what we've got. We have a Matthew Stafford or a Tony Romo. We have a guy... It'll make some good plays for us. He'll get us to the playoffs, but he doesn't have those intangibles that are ever going to get us over the top and get us in a Super Bowl win. He just doesn't have it. And, and man, it's a real shame for guys like Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith and Everson Griffin, whose primes are being wasted because 
of decisions like this. And not, not to mention uh, a huge loyal fan base that got kicked in the groin this offseason when they didn't address what they needed to address. Uh, a loyal fan base who has been waiting for 60 years for a Super Bowl, and they have not given us one. Uh, it's it's uh, offensive. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Well, on the Lou Brown thing, Kirk Cousins is going to get all $84 million of his dollars, so you can't really urinate on that contract because he's it's fully guaranteed yes it is sports so, talk sounds better on the home of sports talk 1500 yes it is all right <laughs> yes it does do we need to go to break or are, are we good jonathan oh okay We're good. <laughs> why don't you give us uh what what you need to man before we no. move on to the next caller yeah vikings vent line it's uh brought to you by lucky's 13 pubs five twin cities locations you can uh, find them online at lucky's 13 pubs.com that type of night. Let's go to uh, let's head out to Minneapolis and our guy Bill. Hey, Bill, what's up? Yeah, this is Bill in Minneapolis. Yes, uh, I knew the game was probably over when on fourth down we had a running back standing back there by himself, having to go four yards to get to the line, whereas the quarterback could lean forward and get a couple inches. So Randy was really on right there. The other thing, other two things. It wasn't exactly D-Day we were planning for. The guy had two weeks to look at the film. The, Correct. The, the uh, tendencies and all that, right? Yes. Two weeks. Two weeks. And he, could, and he couldn't do it. And the third, it is unacceptable for um, Smith and Barr to take those penalties. That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good call. Yeah. I mean... The two weeks thing does bug me, and and I yeah. and I do think that we need to turn a corner here, and and this has been brought up on on Mackie and Judd previously, uh, so it's not a first time. But I do think that we need to start to at least look at the play calling. I think we need because listen, I'll go back to what I've been saying now for quite a while, which is Pat Shermer had a phenomenal 2017. His play calling was we have seen a lot of bad OCs here, and that guy. Red zone all over the field was fantastic. Yeah. And it became very easy to look at his game plans and be like, of course, it makes perfect sense, and take it for granted. But there were some things again tonight where you where you say to yourself, where is that screen pass? Where is that? Because you are the you already in having a weak line, you are now more and more basically banking on the fact that Cousins, Diggs, and Thielen are going to do everything. And if you're playing a bad team, that's that's it's doable. It can be done. But when you're playing a defense like this, you can't just forfeit part of, of your scheme. You've got to have a scheme. And I have no clue what that scheme was. Yeah, uh, for way too long. You're listening to Vikings Vent Line, by the way. Manny Hill and Judd Zolgad on uh, 1500 ESPN KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. You know, Judd, it feels like if it, it felt like Pat Shermer last year when he was calling plays, called plays in a way to try and attack the weakness of the opponent's defense. Where this year with with Flip, it kind of feels like. We've got our game plan, and we've got our plays that we're going to call, and we've got our system, and we're going to call these plays. It didn't really, like, and and I could be completely wrong on this, but it just felt like 
Pat Shermer just knew what plays to call at the right times. You know what I mean? Like might be right. third, third and four. He, he, was he just he just knew what play to call on third and four. Yes, exactly what play to call on third and four. On third and four, and this year just kind of feels like, and they got offensive line issues, and we know that, but it just kind of feels like third and four. We're just going to call a play. We just got to call a pass play, mm-hmm. not necessarily focusing on calling the right pass play to get that first down. Randy in Cottage Grove, how are you? I hope you're okay after that debacle. Oh, I'm great, guys. I'm upbeat. Uh, I'm clear, clear-headed. I, I'm in a good, uh, in a good spot about all this. I, I, I actually uh, take a lot of positives from this game. I think, uh, you know, the way I look at it is uh, a lot of people are wanting, uh, you know, wanting to jump ship, as they say, and uh, you know, uh, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not ready to do that at all. You know. I'm, in fact, I'm making a little list here of everybody I see on Twitter being negative. I'll, I, I got you. I'm going to come back at you and do a do a callback and a little little, uh, little reply when uh, a few weeks from now we we rattle off a few W's and uh, are going to face the Bears again. And this time we're going to take take firm control over the division. I I think we're a, we're a, we're a quality squad that just uh, you know kind of went out tonight and had a little bit. Uh, Little little bit of the wind knocked out of our sails early, and, and and just couldn't recover late. But I'll tell you what, I saw a lot of things I really liked tonight. So you're not upset at all. You're not upset by the fact that they went to Chicago and Chicago tried for the second half to give them that game back, and they couldn't take it. Oh well, you know, uh, I, the way I like to look at it, Judd, is uh, I I I focus on the things that that I can control. Okay, and uh, the one thing that I that I can't control is, uh, you know, quality quality players on the opposing team, you know. And uh, um, Cabrin, uh, Cabril Mack, as, they, as his name is, uh, is, 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 is just a stud. He's a whirlwind, and he, and he put his hands uh, up, in, up in Kirk's, Kirk's face, and, uh, and that's okay. That's going to happen from time to time. Uh, the reality is I, I have been forced by um, some some close close friends of mine to have a positive outlook on a lot of different things this weekend, and it was a challenge from them. And uh, this is my this is me making good on that challenge. It was a they, it was a Randy. They said Randy, you got to not be a negative guy. And I said, okay, here we go. I'm going to make a good effort, and that's what I'm doing right now, guys. And I'm staying positive. And, of course, everyone who told me that, they're listening. And I say, guys, listen to me. Listen to how positive I am. Listen to how good the squad's looking. And uh, I ain't had a cocktail in three days. And, and, that, and that's, that's, uh, that's maybe clouding my vision. But um, we'll get back to uh, the, our normal, uh, normal winning way. Is this really you? I, so I say, what's that? I said, is this, is this you? I mean, this is not you. You're, you're sober. You're positive. You are you are not upset at all. You you're not slamming the phone down. This doesn't even sound like you. You know, I uh, this is this is a new. It I don't want to say it, that uh, it was it was. Uh, uh, I, I gotta be careful. Cause Mandated. It, 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 well, I don't want to say it was uh, ordered by a a, a, mm-hmm. a judge. A judge, but um, mm-hmm. I do have to take a little bit of time mm-hmm. in my own home. For a while, it's just we're, we're leave it at that, and I I I, mm-hmm. I get to I get to live uh, in my house. It's a nice place mm-hmm. to live, and there is someone who's going to be staying here with me who 
who uh, also likes the Vikes, and that uh, just well, just Officer Jim was there was mm-hmm. there tonight. He stays here now for a while, sure but uh, we're okay. We're going to be okay here, and uh, pretty soon we'll get through this, and the Vikings will have a great season. So I say school, and I say uh, let's just keep it positive and have a good positive outlook on everything. So great win, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Randy. Well, first of all, they didn't win. Cabril Mack was uh, pretty dominant tonight. Cabril Mack. That is definitely sounded like a guy who got busted doing something wrong. Uh, JR, what's up? Man, can we just go and smack Gruden for training Mac to the NFC, the NFC North? Can we just do that? Can we trade it? I didn't get that last part. Trade Khalil Mack to the NFC North? But he's in the NFC North. Yeah, he's already in Junior the division. Junior held on quite a while to, he, to say that, but he already has been traded. That was the unfortunate thing, is that John Gruden, yeah. in, in screwing up that franchise, gifted Khalil Mack to, uh, to the National Football Conference's Northern Division. Hey, Stoneman. Hey, guys, you got me? Right, we, we got, got you, you loud and clear. You sound good. Turn the radio down and go ahead. Greetings again from Masson, Ohio. Good to hear from um, you. A couple things, guys. Um, I don't want to beat up the O-line. We know we know the O-line was the weak part of the team coming the season. We know Kirk Cousins is going to make one or two bonehead plays. He does it every game. I, I guess the, the two things I'm mo- most disappointed in is the first half of the game, and you guys talked about it a little bit, that game plan. We look like crap the yep. first half. Correct. Um, the other thing, the three personal fouls by the defense absolutely killed us. They all led to scores, Matt. And when it comes down to it, that's really the difference in the game. And, um, you know, down the road, I, I'm trying to look at the future here because I, I think we're going to make, I think we're going to get a wild card. Um, I'd like to hear from you guys what we're going to do to make Dalvin Cup. He's got to be the third option for us after Diggs and Thielen. And it doesn't have to be running the ball all the time. We've got to give him the ball in space and let him make plays. And, you know, guys, I've been a Vikings fan for over 30 years. I want you guys to convince me as a wild card how we're going to win a game on the road because it's only happened three times in franchise history. Yeah, I can't do that. Thanks for taking my call, See man. See you later, bye. Night. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you know what? I, I can't do that for you. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good thing. Right? The, the Vikings are lucky that the Atlanta Falcons have kind of fallen flat on their faces the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, they're because uh, they're four, when, when, four when, and six now, right? Yeah, when you when you and and that the Eagles are, I mean, yep. the, that win in Philadelphia doesn't look so good, but in some ways it's kind of nice that it doesn't look so good because the Eagles are just not very good anymore right mm-hmm. now. So the Vikings are still sitting okay in a decent position to to make a run for the playoffs, but. You got you got Green Bay coming in, and we know the Packers are kind of a mess, but they still got number twelve. And then you got to go face another number twelve, arguably the greatest number twelve of all time. A week after that, and then you got to go see Russell Wilson in Seattle. I can't after even, that, and so I can't at this point in time even begin to to give you the formula for a playoff win on on the road in a wild card game. When as as you just started, you go through the remaining schedule and the fact that the next three games now in this four-game stretch are incredibly difficult. And if you beat the Packers 
you, as you said, you're faced with Tom Brady and the Patriots, and then a primetime game in Seattle, which is an uh, which is an improving franchise against Wilson, who's an outstanding quarterback. So I can't even begin to go near the question of what's the recipe to win a road playoff game when at this point in time you're just going to have to work your butt off to get in the playoffs. And you and you saw tonight how much of a pain in the rear end Mitch Mitch Trubisky was with his escapability. When you got, when you were able to get pressure on him, and that's Mitch Trubisky, and, and, and guess, and guess what you're going to see in a couple weeks when you take on Russell Wilson, you're going to see the exact same thing, but better, but better. Yes, a guy who's been doing it a lot longer. And you know what? You had Miami after that. Miami's not championship team, but you can't. There are no gimmies left. Yeah. Not even that game at Detroit. Hey, down in Ohio, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. First of all, I think Rainey was having some special brownies tonight, so kudos to him so he's not feeling too upset. That one is okay. Thank you. Yes. So, you know, John, we've agreed mostly on this season about the Vikings. You know, what the most frustrating part about it is they played 10 games so far this year, and they have not played a single game where they've had a complete game on both sides of the ball. Zimmer's always talks about how he wins, how they usually like to win games is they're always physical up front on both sides of the ball. They, they haven't been like that at all. At all, and, and it's just this year seems so much different from last year because last year they had a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, they had this, they had a, they, you know, they had a confidence, they, you know, a swag. There's nothing like that this year. They, they, you can just tell they just don't have that. You know, how how is it that the Saints, who took a horrible loss in the playoffs, but come back this year and have so much more swag? How is that possible when the Vikings should have been doing the same thing? They actually should have, you know, and. This this offensive line is no better than last year, no worse than last year, because last year was pretty bad, too. But you're right. Shermer found a way to hide the weaknesses a lot better than, you know, and losing Sprano, too, to death is a huge loss. I think that's a big loss that we haven't talked about, too. But, sure. you know, the, the buck stops with Mike Zimmer. And, and he just, in, in I don't know, it just seems like he's got this blase, blase attitude this year when it comes to losses. And, you know, when anybody questions them on it, well, how dare you question me on it? Well, yeah, we do question because you're our head coach. Yeah. And you're supposed to get this team up not not once, 10 games this year, 10 games, and not once have we seen a complete game complete game from these guys. And you get blown out at home by Buffalo. You throw, you lay an egg against the Rams. You lay an egg against, you know, the Bears. It's always a handful of plays in every single game. Every single game is a handful of plays. It has cost difference. You miss the touchdown pass to Diggs, the fumble, the bad penalties on defense by the players, the drop pick six by Rhodes. It's just those little things have been, and it's not just today. It's every game. It's every single game. And, you know, and, and yeah, they're probably going to make the playoffs as a sixth seed. But I, it, before the game started, I thought, well, you know, they could probably make a run because they could, you know, they've shown that they can stop New Orleans on defense, you know, on offense. You know, they, they, you know, they can run with the Rams because their offense, their defense isn't good. Yeah, but you know what, though? I can only say that if the team were to show that they could play a complete game, and they and they haven't this year, yes. I doubt. I doubt they'll show that they. I mean, unless they have a late run, because I said they had to go three and one to make to win the division the next four games. Well, that's not happened. I think we'll be lucky to go two and two. We're gonna have to go two and two just to make the playoffs. So until this team shows that they can run, can can actually produce a, a complete game. That they're going to go out. They'll get easily defeated. And the question at this point is, you know, how much more leeway does Zimmer and Steelman have? I mean, that's the and, and I know it might be blasphemous to people, but it isn't. You know, 
you have assembled a wealth of players, a good young core. How is it possible this coach does not have this team running on all cylinders like the Saints do, like the Rams, the Chiefs? There is no excuse for this at all. None. And you know what? If you have an issue with Cousins being, you know, the $32 million or whatever, $28 million man per year, whatever it is, hey, you know what? You paid him the money to make the big plays for tonight. And he came up so – the pick six, you know, the constant fumbles, the missed open wide receivers, he has never shown in the past that he can take a team to the next level. And I'll be darned if he – I find it hard to believe that he'll be able to take this team to the next level either. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call. Uh, I will tell you why the uh, Rams and the Saints and the Chiefs seem to be clicking on all cylinders more than the Vikings are. One, because all three of those teams have better quarterbacks than Kirk Cousins. And they all have better offensive lines than what Kirk Cousins has in front of him right now. Yeah, and Zimmer is in a tough spot, too, in in this sense. In 2016, he gave he gave you what Don was talking about by melting down, and the players ignored him after that. Mm-hmm. So this is, a, this is a dicey one. This is a tough one, but it, it comes back to me. If I'm going to dump on coaching for tonight right now, it's going to be I'm really disappointed by what you thought would work in Chicago after having two weeks to prepare for a Bears team that I contend is an ascending, very good team, but they're certainly not great. They're beatable. This they is gave not, you plenty of opportunities the, the Rams, to win this game. The tonight. Rams or Saints games, you, I flat out believe that those teams are superior teams they're right just now. Better. They're better. Yeah. The Bears are not. And you came out with a plan that I don't get. And and so coaching-wise, I fall, I fall on the side of questioning that. And quarterback-wise... I know that Cousins has his challenges, but as you've you've talked about, that pick six is atrocious. It can't happen. It just, it's the type it, of mistake that can't happen. And you just can't throw that and, ball. And you know, keep in mind too, the Bears. I'll keep coming back to this. The Bears were trying to give you that game back tonight. They wanted you. They desperately wanted you to leave there with a really weird win, but you could have. And time and time again, they gave you those opportunities, and you basically said no thanks. Uh, TCL Broadcast Studio, Viking Vent Line will continue after this. But first, Manny Hill, you have a word about our friends at uh, Lucky 13. Yes, Lucky's 13 Pubs. They uh, sponsor. They are sponsoring Vikings Vent Line for us this year. And uh, I'll tell you what, they've got you covered for the best game day experience. They have tons of TVs, those legendary fantastic appetizers, those amazing fresh half-pound burgers, and those ha- those handcrafted sandwiches, too. Uh, they've got a wide variety of uh, several pub favorites. The drink menu, it's fantastic, too. Uh, they've got a huge selection of tab beer, those handcrafted cocktails. They've got the best Bloody Marys in town. You can try the Bacon Bloody, the Jalapeno Bloody, the Mother Mary, or you know what? If you want to try them all, you can grab a flight and sample each one of them. Uh, plus, Lucky's, they celebrate Sunday fun day. They have happy hour all day long on Sunday, every Sunday. And uh, they have locations, uh, five Twin Cities locations, in fact. Bloomington, Burnsville, Mendota, Plymouth, and Roseville. And you know what? If you can't make it out to Lucky's, but if you're having people over for the game, you can call ahead and order some of those fantastic apps. They'll be ready for you to uh, pick them up when you get there. Find them online at Lucky's13Pub.com. Lucky's13Pub.com. 651-646-8255 in the Metro. 877-615-1500 outside. Vikings Vent Line continues after this. The show solely devoted to your reaction on the game. Vikings Vent Line now continues. Stays in the game here. 
Goes out into the pattern, pass deep downfield into a lot of traffic, and that is Anthony Harris, who intercepts it, intended for Taylor Gabriel. Fires, and that's going to be picked off at the 36-yard line. That's Harris, his second interception of the game. And a good run back here with blocking in front. And Harris takes it all the way down to the 31-yard line. And that is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Minnesota Vikings. This drive starts from deep in their own territory. And it's picked off at the 25-yard line. Eddie Jackson, and he'll go in for the touchdown. Yeah, that kind of broke. Uh, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back there for the Vikings tonight as they lose the Chicago Bears. 25 to 20 Vikings drop to 5-4 and 1 and the Bears have uh kind of a commanding lead in the NFC North now they're 7 and 3 Vikings vent line courtesy of luck of Lucky's 13 pubs five twin cities locations lucky's13pub.com uh final segment of Vikings vent line Manny he'll back here to uh bring you home on the home stretch here of Vikings vent line we go back to the phones John in St. Paul thanks for holding what's up well, I have an unpopular opinion. I believe that uh, th- this really did, especially in the first three quarters, it felt kind of like a trap game. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Because they played a lot of plays against a defense that was more blitz-heavy, uh, and, and they played these certain plays where they were playing against the zone when the blitz was coming, and it was clear. So what do you guys think about that? All right, John, thanks for the call. Um, I I think this Bears defense is really, really good. And they've got number 52 across the way there who is just a monster who's going to be right there in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year along with, like, Aaron Donald and, and, and guys like that. Um, as far as the, you know, the, the zone coverage and all that, like, I don't know. I think the Vikings just went up against a really good defense today. And a lot of their weaknesses were exposed. The Vikings have shortcomings on the offensive line. That was exposed tonight. Kirk Cousins is prone to make some mistakes that leave you scratching your head. That happened tonight as well. And I think going forward here, you're you're going to be up against uh, you know some of the greatest quarterbacks this league has ever seen in the next couple of weeks with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And now you've you've got to figure out what you're going to do next. That's where the Vikings are at right now, and th- this is going to be an uphill climb to win this division. It's going to be an uphill climb, and you've got a tough schedule coming up. You've got you're basically essentially two games behind Chicago, so you you're probably going to have to almost forget about trying to win the division and just try and win as many games as you can. And then if, hopefully, if the Bears lose a couple of games down the stretch, then Maybe you can talk about that division again, but there, there are some issues with this team right now, and and uh, they're going to have to fix them over the next couple of weeks. Otherwise, these last six games are going to be long. Hamza, Burnsville, what's happening? Hey, um, big fan of both of you guys, Mandy and um, Judd. Appreciate it. And also, um, just my thoughts on the game as I was watching it. Honestly, I keep on hearing people blaming the defense and Mike Zimmer and you know, the um, the fact that, you know, Mitch Trubisky was running out of the pocket and all that. But honestly, I think the defense played pretty well. They were really solid in the second half. And to be honest, like the whole game, they only gave up 14 points for most of the game. But I think as I was watching this game, I think 
it was pretty obvious what's holding us back, like from being from the team that we were last year. And I feel like Kirk Cousins, man, I, I like I. Like, I don't even know, man. Like, the guy, he just, like, looks rattled in the pocket. Like, every time a little bit of pressure comes to him, he's he's moving backwards, running backwards, making, like, throwing dumb interceptions. You know, he's just, man, he, I feel like I feel like people just blaming John DiFilippo and his offensive play calling. But honestly, I feel like Kirk is the biggest person to blame. I mean, we paid him $84 million to win games like this to come into Soldier Field and win the game. And the defense, Anthony Harris had two picks. They had a fumble. They gave him three turnovers. And some, like, two, I believe two of those turnovers we didn't score, and one of them was, like, a field goal. Like, come on, man, you have to score that. Like, honestly, I feel like the Vikings, I don't think we can win, let, not a, not even a Super Bowl. I don't even think we can go deep in the playoffs with Kirk, honestly. And I kind of get why the Redskins let him go now after watching him for a couple of weeks now and I think the only way that the Vikings the only way that the Vikings can get out of this trouble is they have to look they have to look at all the young quarterbacks coming into the draft they got to they got to do whatever they can to get like good young quarterback like Tua Tua at Alabama Tua Tagovailoa he's a really good quarterback like him or like they need a good quarterback that's you know that's mobile that's good under pressure because our offensive line is really bad, and we need like a mobile quarterback that can like like that can really like succeed behind this offensive line. And I think, um, I think honestly, I think that's the best idea. Like, I don't think the Vikings this next when this three year contract is up, I think the Vikings can't re-sign Kirk Cousins with the way he's been playing so far. And I know it's early and everybody's going to say give him time and all that. But just just observing from tonight, man, I don't I don't think he has I don't think he has what it takes, man. Seriously. Well, Hamza, I, thanks for the call. I, I mean, listen. Kirk Cousins has got a 3-year contract for $84 million and he's going to get every single penny. So, they, the Vikings are not going to pull the plug on Kirk Cousins anytime soon. They're not going to draft a quarterback. They are fully invested in this quarterback for the at least for the next three years. And now, because you're invested in this quarterback with $84 million, fully guaranteed, by the way, you have to now, over the next year, two years, whatever, while you still kind of have this window for this defense that's still open, You've got to build this offense to better support Kirk Cousins, and that starts with the offensive line. I told him to Judd earlier in the show. Offensive line, after you get through this season, and and you know there's still six games left and everything, offensive line has to be priority number one. Because if you don't protect this quarterback, you're going to get situations like you get tonight where he's under pressure and he gets rattled, or he just makes bad decisions and bad throws. And this is the Kirk Cousins experience. This is kind of what the Vikings signed up for. He's he's a good quarterback that's going to make some plays for you. But once in a while, he's going to make a throw or make a play or fumble the ball, and you're going to be upset. And you're going to be wondering, why did they sign this guy? But at the end of the day, he was the best option out there. And they had to, they had to upgrade that position because, I mean, we're seeing it with Case Keenum in Denver right now. It's a struggle for him right now as well. So even though they won today, 
Uh, Vikings Vent Line brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs. Uh, Lucky's13pub.com. And uh, I think that'll wrap it up here on this edition of Vikings Vent Line. Thanks to Judge Zolgad. Thanks to Phil Mackey, who's helping behind the scenes tonight. Thanks to Jonathan producing and taking calls. Thanks to you, of course, for listening. Listen to Mackey and Judd tomorrow, 3 to 6. Matthew Collar will be in. We'll talk with Courtney Cronin as well. We're going to break down this entire debacle tonight from Soldier Field as the Vikings lose 25-20. And uh, until then, have a good night. This drive starts. We've in their own territory. And it's picked off at the 25-yard line. And Jackson, and he'll go in for the touchdown. Clean splits. Wide right, Trubisky rolling that way, keeps his eyes down.